Welcome to r slash Petty Revenge, where OP gets an incredibly stupid Karen fired. Our next Reddit post is from Homo Plata. For a while, I had been dealing with two people sending emails to Gregory, but I'm not Gregory. After dealing with them, I just gotta say, Gregory, I'm sorry that you have these people as your neighbors. I hope that my petty revenge trickles down and benefits you somehow. So, anytime there was a noise complaint, someone sent an email to Gregory, but it was sent to me, of course, with words of intimidation that suggested that there would be problems if something wasn't done about it, with the leasing agent CC'd. Someone closed their door too loudly at 10pm? Email. Someone laughed a little too loud over the weekend? Email. Some ongoing noise in the afternoon? A much longer email after some escalation with additional statements of, The sounds made us worry for our safety and well-being. The leasing agent was including me in their reply alls. And somehow, the original two never really noticed that I was replying with, I'm not Gregory, please stop emailing me. Apparently police were called, repeatedly. Police never found anything to act on. The leasing agent said that there were no other noise complaints. After seeing my direct email to him about me not being Gregory, by the way, I'm not Gregory. The leasing agent apologized to me and made efforts to remove me when they replied to emails. Early on, I replied to the original two people directly, one email per person, and tried to keep it as polite as possible. Then, <laughs> OP includes uh, like a screenshot of the emails, and yeah, okay, this is, this is stupid. Hi, Gregory. Last night there was an overwhelming amount of loud noise and thumping coming from 403 that took place from around 12 o'clock at night into the night. Because of this, we were unable to sleep, and that caused me to miss work today. The noises we were hearing caused us to believe that there was someone being hurt. It sounded like yelling and crying at times, and also loud thumping on the floor, as if someone were being thrown about or fallen. What we were hearing made us worry for the safety and well-being of our neighbors, so we called the police regarding a noise complaint and the possibility of someone being harmed. Even after the police came, they continued on with it afterwards. We had a very stressful night in fear of someone being in danger, but it turned out they were filming TikTok videos for fun. This cannot continue. I missed work and I won't get paid for that day. I am very tired and I have a terrible headache right now and it will take me days to recover. I hope you can talk to them during the day or in the beginning of the evening to prevent this from happening again. And then OP replies, You might have better luck dealing with this if you weren't emailing random people over the internet. I am not Gregory. You sent this to the wrong person. Please check the email addresses you typed in and try again. By the way, I'm not Gregory. OP continues, but of course, with each successive email being a reply in the chain, thanks to the original two, I was seeing the leasing agent's responses. The last time there was a noise complaint, the leasing agent confirmed on Gregory's behalf that Gregory wasn't even home that weekend. I continued to ask the original two again to stop emailing me. Because I'm not Gregory. The email stopped coming in for a short while, so I figured the issue was resolved. Nope. These neighbors were also renting Gregory's parking spot, so of course, I got an email about that too. Hi Gregory, we sold our car and we no longer need the garage rented for Unit 303, so please cancel next month's charges. I replied, 
This has never been Gregory's email address. Stop effing emailing me. <laughs> they replied, Gregory, you're a terrible person. I'll make sure I'll never have to deal with this again. Okay, sounds like a threat, but okay. I'm ready to forget it at this point. Four hours later, I started getting subscribe notifications and new account creation emails. For clarity, they were signing me up for a bunch of spam email notifications as revenge, I guess. I had to laugh because it was so obvious. It might have been a clever form of revenge, oh, 20 years ago. Between the original two putting their full names down as signatures in emails, them having relatively distinctive names, and the leasing agent's office, it was pretty easy to suss out that they were in a small suburb of Vancouver. So that narrowed everything down significantly. So I log into some of the accounts they made after resetting the passwords. I check the account's geolocation session history, and I see that it's from their neighborhood in Vancouver. Armed with just enough information to intimidate them, but not imply there was anything threatening going on, I email them. I wrote, What you're doing is incredibly petty. Signing me up for emailing lists and trying to create accounts just because I asked you to stop emailing me several times. The problem is, all of these requests that you're making are logged. And when I log into these sites, I can see the IP addresses the requests are being made from specifically your suburb, and I name their suburb. Trying to add me to email list because you're trying to have your revenge at being slighted isn't going to get you anywhere. You contacted the wrong person. You still won't stop involving yourself with the wrong person after being told that you had the wrong person. You might think that you're getting little zaps of joy with this, but seriously ask yourself, are you willing to deal with the consequences of this? I will accept an apology and an agreement to never contact me again. I got a reply within a few minutes. Hey, I'm upset at the way that you've treated my mother. You don't deserve an apology. And the mother replied, I don't say sorry to terrible people. Oh, whatever. I continued to get more email signups and subscriptions. So the emails continued through the night. I went to bed and I woke up to a few more. Fine. Unsubscribe, unsubscribe, delete, delete, unsubscribe, done. <laughs> the rate was so slow that it was obvious they were doing this manually. Their effort was almost admirable. Slow, slow, petty effort. Then the emails continued well into business hours. Oh, it's on. One of the sites they created an account on using my email address was LinkedIn. Big mistake. This neighbor used her LinkedIn extensively for employment. I called up a friend of mine at Microsoft and asked him if he could forward me an abuse report on my behalf. Her LinkedIn profile is now gone. Before her LinkedIn profile disappeared, I found her current employer and sent the CEO this email. I have repeatedly asked your employee name to stop emailing me, but she seems to think that I'm a neighbor named Gregory. After making it a point to tell her to F off because she didn't get the hint the first few times I told her that I wasn't Gregory, she took it upon herself to tell me that she'll make sure that she'll never have to deal with me again. Shortly after, I started getting signed up for email lists online and having her make accounts using my name. Problem is, these emails have continued to come in well past business hours. I suspect that your employee, who's listed on LinkedIn as a payroll administrator, is using your company's resources to harass me online. Please look into this issue. Attached are screenshots for reference. 
<laughs> About an hour later, I get an email from the sun. F you! I decided not to respond. The sign-up and subscription emails had stopped, at least. Towards the end of the business day, I got this reply. Hello, Mr. OP. I've been asked to respond to your inquiry on behalf of the CEO following your email communication to the company earlier today. I wish to report back that we've looked into this matter and can confirm that the individual in question is no longer an employee with the company. I also want to ensure you that all the IT software and credentials for this individual are now deactivated based on your review. Should you have any further concerns, please let me know as we treat these matters seriously and we want to ensure that public sector resources are not being utilized inappropriately. Kind regards, Blank, the Director of Human Resources. Well, I did tell them that I wasn't Gregory. Also, a couple of people in the comments are saying that you can't look up someone's IP address from these various accounts, and OP responds with screenshots of how to do exactly that. Apparently, this is like a default function for Gmail. Who knew? The top, <laughs> the top post, of course, is, Nice one, Gregory! Our next Reddit post is from Little Red Bird. So, I work in a technical theater as an assistant stage manager. There are a couple of theaters in the area, but the tech community is rather small, so we all know each other. I work for a smaller theater, but I know a few of the people who work at the largest theater, which hosts a few of the traveling Broadway shows. These shows are really popular, and hard to get tickets for if you aren't a season ticket holder, and season tickets can run about $1,000 per seat for 7 shows. Tickets are normally about $150 for an individual show, but can go up significantly if they know the show is going to be popular. The husband of one of the directors that I work with is on the board of the theater, and sometimes can score good seats at a discounted rate. This season, Aladdin is coming to town, a show my future mother-in-law has been dying to see. She asked me if I could possibly get her and her friend a seat so they could go see it. I called in a favor with my director, and she managed to get two prime seats. Since her husband is on the board, she gets a discount, so the tickets ended up only being $75 for the two seats. I reserved them in my name, with the understanding that my future mother-in-law would pay for the tickets. Fast forward a couple of weeks, and my future mother-in-law invites me and my fiancé over for dinner. Dinner goes well, and I end up in a conversation with my future mother-in-law and future sister-in-law about housework. I don't know why. My future sister-in-law is a teacher and she's married to an accountant, so she said that her and her husband tried to split the chores 50-50. My future mother-in-law thought that that was fine, and she asked how me and my fiancé would split our chores. I said, probably the same, you know, 50-50. My future sister-in-law agreed, but my future mother-in-law gave me the stink eye. I asked if there was something wrong, and she said, Well, your fiancé works full-time, and you don't, so I don't see how that's fair. I told her that I do work full-time, just not at the hours of 9 to 5 like my fiancé. My future mother-in-law then laughed at me and said that what I did wasn't real work and that it's just a silly side gig, and that maybe if I got a real job, I would know what it's like to really work. Then she changed the subject. This pissed me off because I'm very proud of the work I do. It may not be a 9 to 5, but I love my job. It's my dream job, and I do make enough to cover my expenses. It actually takes a certain amount of skill to properly stage manage a full-scale production. So, enter pettiness. I called up the box office for the large theater and told them to cancel the tickets. They were in my name, so they gladly canceled them. 
I then texted my future mother-in-law and told her that if she thinks my job isn't real, then the side perks aren't real, so the tickets were cancelled. I then shut off my phone. The next day when I turned on my phone, I saw several missed calls and about a dozen texts from my future mother-in-law. She's fuming because her friend is coming into town specifically to see this play. I called back and told her that she might be able to get seats if she called the box office. She ended up getting seats, but they cost her 150 bucks each and they weren't nearly as good. Hopefully, she learned not to insult someone and still expect the benefit from them. Our next Reddit post is from Anani Depressi. My boyfriend Eric and I have been together for four years. Whenever I would come over when we were dating, his apartment was messy, but it was blamed on his roommates. I'm very cognizant that I'm particular with my cleaning, so I thought that it just wasn't clean enough to my standards. I moved in with him three years ago and we adopted two dogs together. I quickly realized that we do not have the same view of what clean means. We've communicated about it and he's made a lot of progress, but he consistently does this one thing. He stuffs his colored striped socks into the couch. I've told him that I have to chase the dogs around because they find him in the couch, but he thought that it was funny. OP, I'm on his side. That is kind of funny. Over the last few weeks, I've bought multiple cloth dog toys resembling his socks, and I've trained my dogs to play tug-of-war with them. The dogs will now dive for his socks whenever he's laying on the couch or places them on the ground. I also don't stop the dogs from playing with the socks anymore. He came home yesterday and found his favorite pair of socks decimated all over the living room, and he's furious that I didn't stop them. I told him that these were the socks that he stuffed in the couch yesterday and he should have put them in the hamper. He stormed off to his office and he's not talking to me. OP, you are brilliant and your boyfriend is weird. I I can't even imagine why you would stuff your socks in the sofa. Is he planning on coming to get them later? Why not just put them on the sofa or anywhere? Even just randomly on the floor would be better than stuffed inside the, the, the sofa cushions. It was so weird. Our next Reddit post is from Sin Smith. I got my very first apartment at the ripe age of 26. I was fortunate enough to be able to afford one without roommates. I was a model tenant. I paid my rent on time every month. I was polite to the office workers, and I never caused trouble. I lived on the top floor of a three-story building. Well, two years after I moved in, I had new neighbors move into the apartment below me. I was working a swing shift, so my hours were 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. So I often stayed up late to 3 a.m. to do minor chores, dishes, cooking, cleaning, but never vacuuming. I also had two cats at the time. My new neighbors immediately went on a warpath against me. I couldn't make any noise without them banging on my floor. I unloaded my dishwasher at 11 a.m. on a Sunday, and they flipped out. They complained to the office about my herd of animals. They sent cops to my door at 9 p.m. because I was watching TV at a reasonable volume with the subtitles on. I literally couldn't make any sound without them complaining. It culminated in one of them pounding on my door for 10 minutes after I dared to call the office to express my frustration. So I called the office back. I told them that I didn't feel safe in my apartment due to my neighbor's actions. This was legal grounds for me to break my lease. But then I dropped my bombshell. My neighbors had four people living in a one-bedroom apartment that had a two-person max capacity. 
Apartment management told my neighbors that they had to move into a more expensive two-bedroom apartment or their lease would be terminated. They had to move to the larger apartment on the other side of the complex. My new neighbors were great. Two adult men who smoked weed on the balcony, and I never even spoke to them. I loved them. That was our slash petty revenge, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.